Welcome to the first week of our new series. As we dig into God's Word to get a biblical perspective and picture of what forgiveness is all about. Sticks and stones. You can probably finish the familiar sentence. Kids love to say it. Uh, Parents reinforce it. We, We all have probably thought it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, they'll never hurt me. And we know that sticks and stones can do a lot of damage, right? Anyone who's ever been an eight-year-old and has played outside with their their friends or their siblings or their cousins understands that uh, sometimes kids like to pick them up and swing them around like they're playing Star Wars and you get hit with a stick. And what parent has has not heard a, a screaming child outside come running in and and the message was that I got hit with a stone by my brother in the head. It hurt. It does. And we tell ourselves that, that phrase because we want to reinforce that kind of truth in our mind that you might do something to me that might cause physical damage, a bruise, a scar. Uh, it might physically hurt me, but I'm never going to allow your words to to do the same, but we know that part of the statement doesn't work. (laughs) We can repeat it, reinforce it, but there are times when words are even more hurtful than than sticks and stones, right? The reason people say it is because it reinforces the reality that in our life, we all get hurt by other people. It's a catchy way to to remind ourselves that that people might hurt us physically and throw a stone, but we're not going to allow the the damage to linger on. But the the truth be told, sticks and stones and words, they do damage. They leave wounds. They destroy relationships. They end marriages. They undermine the lives of others that they hurt. And that's why we need this series. Because when hurt or the, the one doing the hurting, we need to know how to respond. We need to know what God wants us to do. We need to know how to deal with it. And our world today has has very clearly said there's a a different path than the one God wants you to be on. Our human heart says to us time and time again, there's a different path in the face of sin to to go down than the one God wants you to walk. And it all comes back to this concept of forgiveness. And so over the course of of these weeks, uh, I may come back to this visual image of stones, and not the, the literal stone that, that someone might throw at you and cause you physical damage. I mean, if I really hit this really hard and you were in the front row, you might not be happy. But then if I tried to hit someone in the back, it wouldn't really do much damage. I'm talking about the figurative stones. The, the figurative sticks that you've been hit with, that you've dealt with. The physical pain that, that's been caused to you from, from words that were spoken. 
I want you to think about them right now. And I know it's going to be hard. I want you to think about maybe the big ones in your life that, that you've wrestled with and struggled with, like the, the, the one that lingers around, it revisits when you see a story on TV that, that pulls it back, a picture that reminds you of, of that time and that hurt. I want you to think about one from this last week that's real and new and maybe fresh, maybe with your, your spouse or maybe with your kids or maybe from work. And, and I want you to listen to what God would have you remember about forgiveness today what it is, so that we can deal with it properly. And that's why I love the story of John chapter 8 and Jesus. Because I think not only does Jesus give us words uh, throughout the pages of Scripture that help us understand truths like forgiveness, but Jesus modeled it and lived it and, and displayed it in action in our, our first set, section from Scripture today. So if you're willing to come with me on this journey over the next four weeks, today we're going to talk about what is forgiveness. Find a biblical definition of it. We're not going to unpack the how to forgive today. I know many of you came back here and say, Pastor, I got this specific issue. I want to know how to deal with it and address it. We'll get there. And we're also going to go down a road of of how do you forgive yourself when you're the one throwing the stones and you've caused the damage. And and next week we're going to talk about the why, because the world doesn't buy it. That's what makes biblical forgiveness so offensive. But today we just need to understand the what. What is it? What is forgiveness? John chapter 8, a section from Jesus' life, takes us to Jerusalem where he gives us a great example of it and helps us get our definition. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. In Jerusalem, at the temple grounds, Jesus is doing instruction. Now, now what makes this ironic is what we're going to get into Uh, in just a second, and and what wasn't on display, uh, is at the center of where Jesus was. These are the temple courts, the temple grounds, the place where sacrifices took place on a daily basis to remind God's people that they needed to to have an offering made, a sacrifice made to pay for their sins. In other words, they needed to be forgiven. So right here in this place where Jesus is teaching, forgiveness was visualized, displayed, and, and, and reminded of Every day. Every day. But there were some people who had forgotten that. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. What I want you to see in this section are two things. Obviously, Jesus is is in the middle of instruction. There's crowds around him. We see his enemies approaching him. We we understand their motives and their uh, their goals. These leaders of of the religious religious leaders of Jesus' day wanted to undermine him, wanted to to shake his credibility, wanted to cause the crowds to disperse. They, They were losing popularity and they didn't like his message. And they tried and they tried and they tried time after time after time to set Jesus up, to to cause him to slip, to get him to fall. And and here was one of their their schemes, their traps that they believe was foolproof. You know why? Because they brought the law, the word of God. Jesus, the master teacher, said, the word of God is the truth. So Jesus, here's the situation. 
sin has happened. This woman crossed the line of the sixth commandment. This woman, and whoever it was that she had this affair with, this interaction with, has broken the boundaries of, of what you have said is to be protected, your gift of marriage, your gift of sexuality between husband and wife. And the law says, Jesus, this sin is a big one. Like, like we're not talking uh, the pebble that makes a little ripple in the ground. We, you, you recognize it destroys homes, destroys families, destroys lives. In fact, you said marriage is so precious and that gift is so precious that it, it requires a big stone to be deal, dealt with the stone that was cast. In your law, you're so serious about it, God, that you say a person could be stoned for that action. And if you look through the pages of the Old Testament, God lays out very, very specific ways for his worldly kingdom to be dealt with. It's not how our laws are set up today. If someone commits adultery, they, they don't get the death penalty. But, but God it was the, not only the, the ruler of his people, but he also set up the rules for his people. And that's how serious he was about this in the Old Testament for their nation. And so Jesus, what are you going to do? This woman has thrown a big stone and has affected a lot of people and has rebelled against you. She should be stoned. And it all sounds good, doesn't it? Like, we, we love God's word. We love God's law. We want to honor God's law. This person crossed the line. And, and God, we, we think it should be dealt with according to your word, as harsh as it seems. But this woman wasn't the only one who had had cast a stone, had hurt her, her spouse, her family, her relatives, her reputation, the reputation of others. The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, were throwing stones too. Like they weren't coming with love for God's word and his law. They were coming for hatred of God, Jesus. They weren't coming with the woman's best interest in mind. They were coming with their own. They weren't coming with, with an honest conversation, speaking the truth, because they were setting a trap. And none of what they were doing was being done in love, which is also according to God's word. It was being done with hate. There's a whole lot of sin going on here. A, a whole lot of issues in play. So what did Jesus do? When they kept on questioning, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first one to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, at this Jesus who, who heard began, at this those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. Jesus gets up and, and he talks and he, he not only defines forgiveness for us, but he displays, models, and lives what it means to forgive in this section. It might startle you a little bit when Jesus says it first. You who is without sin, go ahead, cast the first stone. But you know what Jesus was doing? Honoring God's word. You know what the law of God said when someone was caught in an act of sin and, and the Bible called for them to be dealt with, even with stoning, and especially with stoning? 
The one who was the witness of it, the one who saw it, the one who had the evidence behind it, was the person who was supposed to pick up from the ground the stone and be the first one to cast it. And Jesus knew that, so he said, if you're without sin, if there's nothing going on in your heart right now that is, that is evil, if, if your intent is right, if, if you truly are doing this out of love for God, if you're truly doing this because sin needs to be dealt with, if you're truly doing this without any malicious will in your heart, if you can say that you're doing this for all the God reasons, then, then do your job. Pick up the stone. Throw it. And not a single person in that crowd could look in their heart And do it. And so they walked. Uh, they walked away, looked for another opportunity to attack Jesus, because this wasn't it, because Jesus was right. And they all disperse. But the lesson of our Savior Jesus models the definition of forgiveness. Because you know what Jesus didn't do? After they all left, Jesus didn't look her in the eye and say, I am God, and you broke my word. And I am not a sinner. And as God, I have every right to carry out God's law and pick up a stone. But you know what Jesus didn't do? Didn't pick it up. He left the stone. He said, woman, where are the guys? Where are the leaders? Who remains? Not a single one. Who condemns you? Have any of them stayed? Have any of them thrown a stone at your sin? Nope. And neither do I. I do not condemn you. I forgive you. And I also don't condone the sin. Leave it behind. Leave your life of sin and go and sin no more. When confronted with sin, when stones are thrown at you and you get hurt physically, verbally, emotionally, Jesus wants you to understand what to do, what forgiveness is. And, and he wants you to, to do what he did. And we're going to get into the how and the why in the next few weeks, but... But Jesus on display gives us the what of forgiveness. What to do in the aftermath of sin when, when we get hit, when we get hurt, when we get wounded, when we get damaged. What do we do? Because here's what I don't want to minimize for anyone here who's been really hurt. And, and some of those hurts are, are bigger and worse and leave permanent scars. I don't want to minimize them. Please understand, none of our pastors want to minimize your pain or your hurt because it's real. And dealing with it is hard. If your reputation was attacked for, for month after month after month after month at your place of employment, it's hard to go in there with your eyes looking in the eyes of other people and wondering what's going on in their heart because you've been hurt. When your relationship falls apart because the person that you loved left you and, and gave no reason and moved on, it hurts because the chair is empty and the, the house is quiet 
and the love is gone, it, it, it's real. But so is how God wants you to deal with that hurt once it's happened. And so in the face of sin, just like Jesus modeled what transpired here, I want, I want you to understand the three paths that can happen in the aftermath of sin. Two of them are, are, are ones the world would say you can choose, you have the right to, but the other one is the one God would, would say you need to live. It's the one that Jesus modeled. And, and I want you to have a definition for it so that you can live it and we can build on it over the next few weeks. So I don't know which paths you've gone down, but my guess is you, you've experienced all three. That in the aftermath of sin, when you've been hurt, when a, a stone has hit you, no matter how big or what it is, you've walked one of these paths. We, we, we kind of call it the fork in the road. When you get hurt, when, when sin has happened, when, when you've been affected, you're at the fork in the road of making a choice of which one of these paths you want to go down. The first one is this. Path number one is when you get hit with a stone, figuratively, you can throw it back. Like you can pick up the stone, you can pick it up, you, you might get a bigger one, you, and you can chuck it back. You know what we call that? Revenge. And God talks about it. He knows it's a possible path of the human heart. He knows the human heart will, will deviate and, and want to take that path in the aftermath of sin. Get back. Get a pound of flesh. Pay the price. And this is what he says about it. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Everyone. It would line up with Jesus saying, love your enemies. Hate those who persecute you. Everyone. Don't just be nice and do good to the, the people who don't throw stones at you or, or don't throw big stones at you or haven't really hurt you and damaged you in a big way. Everyone. Do not take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. God says, picking up the stone, throwing the stone, getting revenge is his, not ours. If you've been hurt, he would tell you when your friend has tarnished your reputation with, with your friends and, and, and caused you damage, don't go on social media, don't Snapchat all your friends the video of that person's worst moment that'll ruin their reputation. It'll feel good in the moment, but it will not bring long-term pleasure and peace. If someone has gone after you verbally or emotionally and caused you pain, do not find ways to make their pain rise up and, and grow. Don't throw a stone back. And I get it, it's hard. And I understand the world tells you differently because the world says what? If you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. But God says, no, that, that path of throwing it doesn't work. Vengeance might be defined like this. If you want to understand it better, why it's such a bad path, vengeance is, is a conscious choice to throw a bigger stone or multiple stones. Take your definition of it, but it's a conscious choice. It can be the heat of the moment, but you know what? You still have to make a choice. If you got hit with a stone, you got to pick it up and you got to swing the arm and you got to throw it back. And you know what sometimes feels really good? Picking up bigger ones and multiple stones. And all it does is cause more pain and doesn't bring peace to your heart. That's path number one. 
And it's not a path God wants you to take at the fork in the road. Here's path number two. And you know what you can do when you get hit with a stone? You can pick it up and, and you can hold on to it. I'm not going to let it go. You know what the Bible pictures this as in, as in two ways and the damage it can do? I'm not going to throw it back at you, but I'm going to hold on to it. It's going to be an ever-present part of my memory bank. I'm going to keep a record of the wrong. Like, I'm going to keep watch. I'm going to keep looking. I, I, I'm not going to be trusting. If you, if you violate that, that again, if I see anything in you again, I'm going to bring it up and I'm going to remember it. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to hold it because I don't want to let go of it because the hurt was so big and so real that it's worthy of, of never being forgotten. And that, my friends, is oftentimes where we get confused about what forgiveness is, humanly speaking. And, and when we define it, you're going to see why it's important to remember that. When you've been hurt, when you've been wounded, when someone has caused you grave damage, there are sometimes scars that are so big and wounds that are so real and pain that is, is so permanent, it will never be gone from your, your mind and your body. A, a spouse walking out on you and leaving you holding the bag with three kids never to be seen again, you'll be reminded of that for the rest of your life. And you can choose to hold on to it and remember and want to blame it on someone else and, and always have that in your mind, but you know what that leads to? If that's the path you choose, you, you know what holding on to it will do to you? Spiritually, it'll do this. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And you can hold it, but spiritually it will do damage. It will lead to bitterness, rumination, anger, a record of wrongs that is unloved. And that doesn't mean I'm undermining the consequences that, that are real when someone sins against you. But God doesn't want you to hold it. And for every time you've walked down those paths, I want you to know this. You too are forgiven. God sees it. God knows it. And in light of it, and we're going to talk in a minute about it, you can choose path number three, but before you do, here's your definition of bitterness. It's a repeated choice to hold on to the stone. It, it, you do it over and over and over again. You got it in your hand, and you know what you can do with it. I can drop it. And maybe you do, but tomorrow you pick it up, you, you hold on to it. That's a repeated choice, and, and it's only going to cause a bitter root to grow inside of you and affect you spiritually and others as well. So neither of those paths at the fork in the road are the one God wants us to take, but path number three does. And here's path number three. When you get hit with a stone, when it gets chucked in your direction, God wants you to leave it. He wants you to do what Jesus did. He wants you to leave it. He doesn't want you to pick it up and throw it back. He doesn't want you to pick it up and hold it on and ruin yourself emotionally. He wants you to leave it because it's better than being bitter. It, it, it's bigger than, than getting revenge and, and better. It, it's in fact what he says in, in this passage. He, says, he doesn't tell us to repay evil with evil. He says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. 
Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You've been called to know God's grace, which is undeserved, which is a gift, which is his love for you. And so God says in the face of evil, don't repay it with evil, repay it with good. Love those who hurt you. Love your enemies. Leave the stone alone. It'll be tempting to pick it up and chuck it, but don't. And your mind will tell you, hold on to it because you deserve to, to not let them ever forget it. But don't leave it. And that's what Jesus did, wasn't it? The Son of God who had the right to pick up the stone and, and cast it at that woman, Jesus left it. It's not my job to condemn you. God will deal with your sin. And the consequences are real and it may impact us, but, but I'm going to leave the stone on the ground and, and leave it with God to deal with it. I'm not going to hold it or get revenge for it. Uh, the action of, of what has happened to you is is what God wants you to deal with in that way and forgive. And this is forgiveness. Here's a working definition I want us to build on the next few weeks. It's a daily choice to leave the stone alone. Some stones are bigger than others and they'll be easy to forget. Now, I, I didn't pick up after myself or, or do what I told my wife I would. She might be a little frustrated with me and, and, and speak in a tone she doesn't like. I'm, I shouldn't say bad things about her because she never does this, but the next day she'll forget it. Right? Not a big deal. Uh, the bigger ones, the, the repeated ones, the, 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 the hurts that are caused from acts that, that scar might be harder. And forgiveness is a daily choice to leave it alone. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow with that same scar on my hand, arm, uh, that, that emotional damage that you did, and the devil's going to tempt me to go down that path and and I'm going to have to make the conscious choice that when I walk past it, I'm not going to pick it up and I'm not going to chuck it. I'm going to leave it. And the bigger the stone, the bigger the sin, the, the bigger the hurt, the bigger the scar, it's going to be harder. I'm sorry to tell you that. And it's going to be daily for some of those scars because this side of heaven, you'll never humanly forget it. God's not asking you to have spiritual amnesia. God's, have, God's asking you to have a faith that won't pick up the stone. Carry the act around. Let it affect you emotionally and bring hurt to others. That's forgiveness. That's what Jesus did. And he wants us to do every day. And I know it's hard. And you might be questioning why. So I want to give you a little how before you leave the day. Like, how is it possible to, to do this? To, to, to daily make that choice to leave the stone alone? I want you to remember God's path in the face of sin. Sin's aftermath to, to you and to me, to Adam and to Eve, to all who've ever come. How did God deal with it? What path did God take? Here's what I want you to remember. You know what path God took and what path God didn't take? You know what Jesus didn't do with all the sins that you have thrown at him? And King David would say, against you, you only have I sinned. Like every sin is a, a breaking of God's command. So you know the harsh words you say to your spouse, the, the horrible things you do to your friends, the betrayal of confidence, the, the stealing of, of resources, the undermining of reputations, the, 
the walking out of whatever it is, you know who that's ultimately against God. I mean, and this pile can't even be big enough to represent all the sins and stones I've thrown at God. And you know what Jesus didn't do with your sins? He didn't pick them up and throw them back. Instead, he picked up a cross and he carried it to a hill of stone where he was nailed to it so that you and I might be forgiven and that our sins might be forgotten. God's path in the aftermath of Adam and Eve's sin was to make a choice, to, to make a promise and to deliver it, that in Jesus Christ, every last sin of yours, my friends, would be covered. My sin, your sin, the sins committed against you and the sins you committed, that's God's path. And that path alone is what makes it possible for us to, to choose God's path when we're dealing with the sins that have been committed against us. To for, God has forgiven it and God has forgotten it. To forgive it and forget it was God's path. See, when you look at the definition of forgiveness, put Jesus in place of, of you making the daily choice and consider what Jesus' choice was. Well, maybe you want some passages to help you before you define it. God says, my path, I will forgive your wickedness and remember your sins no more. Forgiven, forgotten. And the book of Romans quotes the book of Psalms and says, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. The Lord left every stone of yours behind. He carried his cross and he covered them. That was... God at work, and that's what forgiveness defined by God and modeled by Jesus is. If you want more, one more working definition to help you carry out what forgiveness is, it was Jesus' choice to leave no stone of yours uncovered. Like every stone you threw, covered. Every stone ever been thrown, covered in the blood of Jesus. And I don't know what stones you've been hit with. I don't know what sins you've endured and and you've been a victim of. But I do know this, that in the face of, of sin, when it comes to Jesus and forgiveness, his choice makes you a victor. Because in Jesus, it's all covered. And my friends, that alone will help us do what Jesus did and, and pick the right path when we're sinned against. And until next week, I pray that, that knowing that and celebrating that, finding peace in that, gives you strength to do that. To make the daily choice. To leave the stone, the sins, behind and alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your forgiveness. I've been hit by many stones. Everyone here has. We've been sinned against in many ways, some bigger, some more damaging, some that have left permanent scars that we'll never, humanly speaking, forget. So help us understand forgiveness. That when it comes to the act of being sinned against, you, you want us to, to make the daily choice to, to leave it behind, to leave it with you. doesn't mean there won't be consequences. It doesn't mean there... There, there won't be things that play out this side of heaven that, that sadly are real, but, but help us have a heart that leaves it to you to move forward without it, to not throw it back. 
and as we do, give us the strength to, to carry that out, which is alone as possible because of the path you took, the choice you made to cover up all our sins and, and carry your cross. Lord, for the strength this week, I pray, and for this series, uh, I ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.